Morning Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Esther of IPA Group, bringing premier online promotion to your business. And Melanie of Stump Social Media Training, who empowers business owners to manage social media and marketing for themselves. And we're back with another episode of the Monday Morning Marketing Podcast. Today, we're talking to Amanda Webb, digital marketing ROI mentor and consultant, helping medium-sized businesses make more money from the time and energy and cash they spend on marketing. And we're talking about how to measure the ROI of social media. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you for having me. We were just discussing, I think this is my second time because I accidentally missed an important one that I was supposed to be on. So I'm really privileged you had me back after that. (laughs) (laughs) After messing up. (laughs) We don't hold grudges much. (laughs) Much. We're not for long anyway. No, no. So Amanda, ROI, first of all, what does it stand for? It's return on investment. So that's why I say it's for the the cash that you're spending, but it's also for the time and the energy that you put into your online marketing. Is it actually working? Are you actually making money as a result of that? Or actually, are you losing money? Because once you start calculating in your time, sometimes that can be the result, which, of course, none of us would be in business if that's what happened all the time. Does everybody measure ROI the same way? Well, they should, as in they should be taking into account all their business expenses. A lot of people just don't measure ROI at all. So, you know, that's an issue. Um, a lot of people might just measure the money that's coming in or and the money that's going out and not think about the other expenses. So a lot of people might measure the exact ROI on part of their marketing, like social media, and they might not be considering their overheads for their business, like their heating and their office expenses and their outsourcing. All of that should go into it. I think, you know, very particularly that happens with ads because something like Facebook ads will turn you show you your return on ad spend and you're going, woohoo, until you work out that actually, if you add in all the other costs, you're, you're still not in profit. So that's the first thing to know. How much does it actually cost you to like produce an hour of training in your case Melanie or um, an hour of web development work or in my case an hour of consulting how much does that actually cost me to deliver and then I will be able to start understanding my return on investment. So in some cases it might work out cheaper to outsource social media. Yes you know what what I say because people are terrible at at, um, charging for their own time to their own company so I don't mean by that like paying yourself I mean like how much is your time actually worth and because you're the boss of your business it should actually be worth a lot but people don't even consider it when they're working out their ROI so they'll put in 40 hours 50 hours 60 hours and not calculate that as an expense so at the very minimum and this is like after our kickstart event somebody said you should calculate it as this but I say it's a bare minimum count your hours every hour at minimum wage because without that (laughs) you're not in business you're just having fun basically or you're not even having fun and you're not making money so that's the first thing you need to be considering that every hour that you spend on a task is worth minimum wage or more and preferably more then of course yes if you can outsource stuff that you could be spending your time better on actually high stuff that is actually going to get you so like sales calls or making sales or doing a big marketing project a lot of the smaller tasks you could outsource because 
that's less important for you to hands-on do. And then the more time, obviously, you're spending on sales and big marketing tasks, you should be improving the amount of money that's coming in. And if not, maybe you need to look at what you're actually doing, which is the next thing. <laughs> so as a, an ROI consultant, how would you go about helping um, a business person who's listening to this? Um, bearing in mind our audience is... Um, well well traveled uh, so we've got uh, a u.s audience a uk audience and obviously an irish audience so how could you help each of them amanda well i suppose that's a nice thing because i work um virtually i can work with you anywhere in the world so that's the first thing to say it doesn't it doesn't vary on your location um and I, there's a few things that i do so firstly it's really important to have a baseline where are you now and to do that you need to understand your analytics. You need to understand where your money's coming from. Your, you need to understand your lifetime customer value. There's a whole bunch of stuff. And that's one of the products I offer kind of does that for you. I delve into your analytics for your social media. I dive into your analytics for Google. And we look at what's working already and look at the trail that you need to put in place. Because sometimes I'll get there and I'm not able to tell you because you don't have anything set up. So it all has to be guesswork. So that's called the ROI Fixer. I almost forgot the name of my own product there, the ROI Fixer. <laughs> that means producing a report for you, telling you, you need to do this. Sometimes that report will be, you need to do this because so that you know if it's working. And sometimes if you're a bit more advanced, I can look and I can actually see what's working, what's not working, and how you can improve your processes to get more money from what you're already doing. So that's my first product. Also, I work with people like on a six month basis where you can sign up, you work with me for six months. We have calls every month basically on implementing that plan. So the ROI fixer is kind of part of that, looking at what you're doing and each month go delving into an area, looking at how you can tweak stuff and improve stuff to get more money in return for what you're doing. And that really helps you get into a system and a process of working that after those six months, that will continue on. You'll know exactly what you need to be doing on a regular basis. So when you talk about having things in place before you get started with you, what are you talking there? Are you talking pixels? Are you talking... Google Analytics codes, what exactly should people have connected? So the nice thing is, so firstly, if you don't have it connected, that's not a problem. We can do that for you. Nice thing about social media is that's all set up already. You know, you automatically, as soon as you start a Facebook business page, you've got analytics. The same with, you know, your Instagram, your TikTok, your Twitter, all that is there. But yes, Google Analytics is something that you need to add. In case you missed the news, Universal Analytics is going away. Um, which is slightly annoying, which huh. is the analytics you've probably got installed on your website and you've got used to using all those years. And Google are making a switch over to Google Analytics 4. So there is a bit of a learning curve there. A lot of it's similar, whereas in Universal Analytics, you had to set up goals. So, you know, if people have completed processes on your site. Now you have to set up a thing called conversions. If you don't have that set up, we will set it up for you. You're just starting at a different point. That's the thing. So again, with the ROI fixer, that's fine. We can set that up for you as part of the ROI fixer and look at what you need to implement. Or if you've got it set up already, we can take it to the next phase. So Google Analytics is essential. I know there's a lot of people looking for alternatives because they look at GA4 and they're like, oh, that just looks so complicated, but I really think, you know, even if you never look at it until you talk to me, get it set up. That's <laughs> very important. 
And actually setting it up is actually quite easy, isn't it? It's only a couple of buttons once you go into Google Analytics. And it's if you've already got Google Analytics, that is. If you've already got Universal Analytics, it's very easy. It's just push a button a couple of times and it, it moves is over. It isn't because it does things like it says, do you want us to transfer your goals over to Google Analytics? And you go, yes. And then the goals get converted over and they don't work. That's oh. my experience. <laughs> so actually installing the code on your website, really easy, particularly, you know, depending on whichever service you're using. A lot of them have like integrations there that is very easy. And if not, you know, it's not a big job for your web developer to do. Um, but yeah, the configuring of all those um, conversions can be quite technical. I really recommend people use Tag Manager, Google Tag Manager. Again, if you don't know what that is, you don't need to know before you work with me. That's fine. That's why you're working with me, right? But it's a really useful way to implement all your conversions and pieces like that. See, this is what this podcast is all about, Amanda. It's, it's letting people understand the conversation that they need to know because we're, we only fail when we don't know what we need to know to make a success of our business. And that's why you're definitely one of the best people to bring on because you're so easy easy to talk to such a great conversationalist and you just give it away you just you just tell everybody you're just fantastic and that's why i enjoy your weekly um sessions on a friday morning um tell us us about the digital coffee may as well yeah so every friday i do and this is actually a really good example of how what i call covert benefits so (laughs) i'm talking about roi and analytics all the time but what happens to all that stuff that analytics can't tell you about and that's the digital coffee so it's a live show that i run cross-platform now depending on how where twitter goes (laughs) on linkedin on facebook on youtube and on twitter it's a half hour news show about the latest uh, social media and digital marketing updates and how it applies to your business. So I'm not interested in the little things that come up, you know, that button has moved from here to here, unless it's going to have an effect on your business. It's a half hour show. I've been running it for six years now and I don't get millions of viewers. So people might go and they'll go, oh, look, there's only another five or six people online while I'm watching it. I do repurpose it so it gets seen on all the channels afterwards and you know do a lot of work with that but what I get from that doesn't show up in analytics if I looked at the number of people that visited my digital coffee page or the number of people that were signed up to my email list from that it would look like a failure but it's not a failure because every single customer I get almost actually I'm almost at the stage that if they haven't watched the digital coffee, I'm not sure I'd take them as a customer (laughs) (laughs) one will say to me that they've seen either the digital coffee or one of the the videos from it and they know me and feel like they know me and trust me as because of that that's not measurable in analytics but that is measurable when I'm on calls with customers so that's a a perfect example of what I call a covert benefit something that doesn't appear in your analytics so how can other people measure those things in their ROI is it just a matter of asking, how did you find me? Uh, asking, you know, who referred you? What are there? Are there sets of questions that we should be asking people when they when they contact yes. us? I mean, yes, those questions are important. So where did you hear about me? But often you just pick it up in the conversation. It's something people will say to you. So, yes, absolutely. 
if somebody's come out of the blue, usually customers don't come to me that way. It's either me proactively contacting them or somebody would pass it on to me and they'd mention that. That's where most of the people or their existing customers that keep coming back. Um, I'd know where I know them from. It's very rarely that I would get a stranger. But of course, not all businesses are like that. You might get somebody ringing you or getting in touch or filling in a form on your website and you've no clue. Your analytics aren't showing you. Maybe they're showing you direct. So definitely when you get on your first call with them, ask them those questions. Where did you hear about me? Or, you know, how did you hear about me? Those things are really important. It's never going to be 100 percent accurate, though, because people will go, oh, the Internet or a website. And they might see the website and it was actually Facebook, you know, or, you know, they might say Facebook and it was actually Twitter or LinkedIn because don't they all look the same now? Yeah. No, but you'll get a rough idea that what you're doing online is working versus that word of mouth, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just nice if you can gather people through your online marketing as well. I've, I've recently come to know and, well, say no, that's not fair. I'm still learning. Um but under, starting the journey of understanding HubSpot. And I've noticed that there is some really awesome analytics in there as well. It tells you which pages people looked at, which, you know, where they signed up from and, and that sort of links. Um, so can you, can you um, get access to that as well and, and glean information from that as well? Is, is that useful? So what is wonderful about HubSpot is... It is giving you that data. It's giving you the stuff you want to know up front. So, yes, you can find that out. That's part of what we do with the ROI Fixer. All right, that is part. We go into your analytics and find that information. But, yeah, stuff like HubSpot is designed to give you that up, information up front rather than Google Analytics that kind of hides it away and you have to go and discover it. You have to go and dig it out. But, of course, you have to pay for HubSpot. So. Well, yeah, <laughs> that is a paid-for option, the one I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about there. There is a free part to HubSpot, but it doesn't it doesn't show you that. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you've got a lot of fingers in lots of different pies um, to build up this full picture. So is, I assume there must be reporting. So what kind of reporting do you provide? I don't do the reporting. Like everything I do is teaching and consulting and mentoring. Apart from the ROI fixer, that is the first piece of it's either you do it independently. And if you do it independently, you get money off the my six month program or it's part of the six month program. And so that gets done once. The idea is that um, we can look at those analytics at the beginning. We look at the analytics at the end and we see what's changed. So that is part of the program rather than something I would do independently so I wouldn't come along and set up reporting for you I do it as part of the program so there's no point I think it's like planning because isn't everyone planning this time of year we go off and we do our plans and then we put them in a drawer <laughs> and that's it yep. right <laughs> so that's the problem I could you know I, I don't do the reporting unless it's part of the main product because unless you can act on it there's no point doing it so you show people how to do the reporting? Yeah, I mean, we set it up at the beginning so that they're able to see what they need to look at. Perfect. So we set up the reports that they need and then they can quickly go in and see those. But it's more, you do this, we take action on it and at the end, look, there's the results. Does that make what sense? About, oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. But what about for the people who are scared of numbers? Huh? Scared of their analytics, scared of, you know, breaking something when they go and look at their insights on Facebook, if it's still called that. 
I mean, they might have changed the name by now. There is a real fear. I know there are people that like numbers just like fly over their heads. And so the idea is that you're not looking at too many numbers once you know what it is you need to focus on. So, you know, obviously the money is important. Like anyone that tells you the money isn't important isn't in business because like that is important so looking at rather than having to look at 20 or 30 different statistics it's really focusing on the ones that really matter that I know there's a lot I know myself sometimes I'll avoid looking at you know my analytics particularly for Facebook which I'm not using very much now because you go oh <laughs> do you know what I mean oh but that's yeah. because I'm looking at something like reach right I'm looking at reach on Facebook and it makes me go oh <laughs> whereas yeah, in fact if I at, <laughs> yeah if I looked at my Google Analytics and saw how many people were visiting my website from Facebook that's a whole different story you know or how many people converting into customers maybe not directly from my Facebook page but Facebook in general is actually doing lots of work for me without me having to do much in return which is nice you know still after all these years Facebook tends to drive after Google the most traffic to my website most conversions yeah I have found that like especially on pages that I manage and things you know there could be it could tell you zero people reached but there are 14 comments and 23 likes so I'm sort of looking at it going, um, something's broken. So don't don't always trust yeah. the numbers that they tell you. You can't break your Facebook analytics, but they can. They can, yes. <laughs> they can. But it's, yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, people can go, oh, well, I spent five minutes making that image. Wasn't really five minutes, was it? How do you, how do you measure time that you've spent? So doing I'm to totally addicted to this tool called Toggle, which I don't know if you're using. It was actually, it was designed for like, um, like contractors and stuff to measure how much time you're spending on client work. And that's not what I use it for. I use it to measure the tasks that I do every day. So I can tell you that it basically, you go to Toggle, you, you start a project, you switch it on. And then when you go and look at Facebook, you switch it off. <laughs> this is why it's really good, though, because it stops you going and procrastinating, looking at other stuff. Um, so that measures your time exactly for each project that you're doing. So I can see, for example, the digital coffee takes me roughly six hours a week, sometimes a little bit less, sometimes a little bit more, but average six hours a week, which is a lot of time. Right. So yeah. every client better be telling me. <laughs> yeah. So it's Because it's not I mean, digital coffee is 30 minutes. Yes, exactly. But those 30, like those 30 minutes live, but it's actually five and a half hours in the background as well. Exactly. And did it take you a long time to get into the routine of turning on and off toggle when you're, you know, flicking it like that? Yes. Sometimes you forget. Yes. <laughs> that would be me. I use it on my browser so I can see it ticking away right now. So, you know, that's good. Um, I think if you use it on your phone, it's very easy to forget because it's not obvious in front of you. So I use it on my browser um, and it does take me time. And sometimes I allocate time to the wrong things, but it does. I mean, the first thing I noticed, and this is actually really good for anyone that's into productivity, was how little time I was working in a day. I was sitting at my desk, yeah, from like 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. in the evening. But I wasn't working most of that time. I was procrastinating. I was looking at social media too much. You know, there was a whole lot of stuff that wasn't getting, and I was shocked. So it's actually really helped my productivity because I've gone up at least two hours a day more actually doing productive work 
because of toggle guilting wow so apart from the roi just measuring your roi it's been great for productivity it does totally guilt you i i also remember you telling me i think it was in person about uh an app or something that you use that makes that you only be able to see facebook for like 15 minutes yes oh yeah it's a browser extension for chrome so if i do find myself like you know looking at social media too much i can click it. it's like a little tomato in the top of my browser so it's based on that um tomato pomodoro Pomodoro. Pomodoro. Yeah. yeah tomato in a foreign language that's what i mean <laughs> <laughs> so you get um I, it blocks any website that you put in there so it doesn't just have to be social media you can put in other websites um i think it's like is it 20 minutes yeah 20 minutes at time and then you get five minutes where you're allowed to browse those websites which um one it's really good because it breaks that habit of going around i hide my phone from me also so you know my phone isn't <laughs> on my desk or anywhere near my desk um so that helps it helps you get into the the flow and breaking the habit and it's a bit of a pain when you're designing courses like melanie you might be because you go yeah. on look at facebook and see how that works but actually you store that up in your head you go when that timer goes off then i can go and look and see what it is that i need to go and get the screenshot of or whatever so i found that i found after the first couple of goes going through it i've broken the habit so i don't need to even click the button anymore brilliant and what's it called again it's called strict workflow and it's <laughs> that's exactly what it says on the tin <laughs> brilliant because there are so many tips and little tidbits in there that we can, you know, we don't think about when it comes to our ROA. So one of the things that you said was energy. So we've talked about our time and managing our time, we've talked about our cash and everything. But the energy, how do you measure that? It's more knowing your own energy and where it works during the week. So, for example, on a Monday morning, I am actually full of energy. I know that's odd you everyone will have different times so I know once I finish the digital coffee on a Friday I am pretty much depleted of energy for the week I don't have any creativity left in me I do try and write things but they're very bad first drafts always so if I've got important jobs to do it's usually the mornings that's first thing in the morning is good for me to actually start on a project and usually at the beginning of the week because towards the end that is my energy gone so knowing you know Never start a project on a Friday afternoon would be one thing. Yep. But I mean, that's different for everyone and everyone works different hours and different times of the week as well. Some people work weekends and take off weekdays during the week. It's really finding your own energy and knowing when you are most productive and just planning your days around that. And planning that with clients as well, you know, are the particular dates. There's no point me doing training with a client on a Friday because I'm going to be useless. They're probably going to be tired as well. So thinking mm-hmm. about that as well. Um, now, return on investment, we always think, um, like immediately when we discussed um, bringing you on for this, uh, my first thoughts went to customers and clients and, and that sort of stuff. But it's also got to be a return on investment with suppliers and, and people that you collaborate with as well. So is there any sort of uh, knowledge bombs that you want to drop um, that can help people better, you know, look at their ROI for that kind of relationship and not just their their end client as well. So do you mean spending on those? Yeah, spending or researching or, you know, finding funding, that sort of thing. 
So finding funding, I can't funding I can't help with. I know every time I do subcontract something, it all goes into my calculations. So how much? So I'm looking at possibly getting someone to do some of the work on the digital copy, right? But that's a tough one because that's not directly attributing cash. I already have an editor, so I'm already paying out for that. I'm already paying out for ecam. I'm already paying out for a few things I use specifically for the digital copy. So anything I put on top of that, I'm kind of going, well, if I do this, what's that going to do? Is that going to free up time for me to do something else? So every time I think of taking the editing, because video editing is easy for me, but it takes time. Every time I think of taking that back off the editor, I go, no, because now I invest that time in this and this instead of editing my, my things. So that's what I need to think. How much time is it going to save me? And then I'm not going for a cheap contractor. That's not me. <laughs> I want to go for somebody who's really good. So the current work that I'm looking at outsourcing, it's not going to be cheap, but it's going to free up a lot of time. It's going to make the product better at the end of the day. Is it going to attract more customers? That's the third thing that I need to look at. Right. Is, is that improvement going to make a difference to the number of people that come to me? Or is that just me being frivolous and wanting something a little bit better than what I can produce in the time that I've got allocated? So that's where I am at the moment. And then I'm looking at my budgets for next year and can I actually afford to outsource that thing? You know, because I need to make sure if I outsource that, that I'm spending that time on sales, which will always get me more money, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, that was perfect. That, that's that's it. Are they hmm. tasks that are actually going to improve the number of sales and amount of cash? It's all about money at the end of the day. It is, yeah. Which <laughs> is why I spend it on the digital coffee, though, because it's proven to be my top of funnel thing. You know, it's almost better to spend it there than somewhere else. Or then, yeah, I could go on for ages. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, if you want more, head. you know where to find Amanda. So where do we find you, Amanda? So actually, I've made a page, especially for anyone listening to this show, which mm -hmm. is spiderworking.com forward slash Monday morning. And on that page, you will find a link to a free digital marketing audit worksheet and what that does it will help you um, go through it'll ask you questions go step by step through what you're doing and give you some sort of guidance on what you should do next where you should be focusing your time I've also got a uh, free training on that page free one hour training or by the time you get it it might be split into segments because that's something I'm working on um, which is called the ROI primer that takes you step by step on through the whole process of measuring your ROI also got a uh, strategy template and workbook that you can download all on that page Monday morning spiderworking.com Monday morning if you want to connect with me the best place is LinkedIn so we'll make sure I leave a link to that on that page as well Perfect. wicked thank you so much Amanda we'll be checking that out as well mm. um and uh, yeah all this information you can find on our show notes as well and on the social media um posts that we send out to you guys so thank you very much for joining us once again amanda and i'm sure at some point in the future we'll have you on again because you're just such a fantastic guest thanks for having <laughs> me so much fun that's it for today guys we're back next week with more monday morning marketing till then bye bye bye, bye. Ingrave as well yeah it's not just me see <laughs> it's an english thing Oh. What are you then? You weren't on camera, so I didn't. I, when I was half waving, I was going, "We're not on camera. I'm just waving at you two. <laughs> <laughs>
That's fine. Yeah. We'll accept your wheel. <laughs> yeah. I feel slightly less normal now. <laughs> normal? Are you less saying normal? normal? Yeah, we're, we're both abnormal together now. I just thought I was like, you know, a problem against the Matrix. 